season 21 winner, Big Brother Jackson. Hey, what's going on, my young little soldier-in-law? Just recorded a fire little banger. Jackson Mickey, season 21 winner, Big Brother. Couple housekeeping notes here. Road to 1K on YouTube. Like, subscribe, help us out, share with your friends. If you're new to the channel, welcome in, dude. We're the man to man boys. We don't really know what the is going on at the time. Other housekeeping notes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please, please, please rate us five stars and review there so we can get more notice and to go get your merch. It's getting a little bit colder out. Click the link in the description of whatever you're listening to or watching this on. Go get your hoodies. Use code MIXFREE at the checkout to receive free shipping. Please enjoy the interview with Jackson Mickey. UFC superstar Jorge Game Brad Masvidal, dude. What's going on, baby? What's up, everybody? Today we're switching things up and talking man to woman. Please welcome, please welcome on the show, singer, songwriter, social media star, Lauren Gray. You um, know you like the DJ. I am. Okay. <laughs> One ninety nine for a banana bag, bro. Because that commute up the four hundred five or the one hundred one, whichever way you take. Dude, it's a it's a mess. What huh? what was the windy road that we took to get Mulholland. to Holland? Okay, yeah, and we went to uh, EP <laughs> and LP. I know it all. Oh yeah. no, not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to uh, EP and LP, bro, on Friday night. <laughs> oh. It was like that rooftop bar. You know what I'm talking yes, about? I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all too well. It was fun, and uh, like I guess one of the questions that I had because you could just see all like I guess the expensive homes on the Hollywood Hills up there, and I'm just going to you. I'm like. I wonder what is going on up there, dude. And I'm sure you know, just living a out there, of, like, yeah, uh, bro. The the spiritual warfare out there is real. Yeah, like, a lot of people, you know, especially in Nashville, like in the Bible Belt, in this kind of bubble of Middle Tennessee. Yeah, you know, like oh, you know, this, that, the other, and like <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just you know, it's just rumors, it's just you know, conspiracy theories. Like, no, bro, it's real. Yeah, Illuminati is real. The the witchcraft. The, the sacrifice like the rituals it's is it actually all. like is the illuminati real bro dude it's it's have you want you don't think it is right i just i know there's something going on i i'm 100 percent like backed in there's stuff going on in terms of like bigger than what the yeah. common person is i don't know if it's essentially just the illuminati but there is something bro bigger. i rebuke all that in jesus name man. yeah it's a, it's a seriously dark world and like especially <laughs> the symbolism that we see is is just kind of that tip of the iceberg, right? You know, because they don't yeah. hide. Like the devil don't hide, especially nowadays. Like, yeah, yeah. It's all it's over the right in front of us. Right in front of us. We and were just looking at the sphere, bro. I'm sorry to cut you over the no, sphere, like the AI stuff, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's right in front of us. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. It's 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 a wild thing, and especially and it's so like when I first moved out to LA, I thought, oh, Los Angeles, city of angels. Yeah, prime. Fully convinced, like city of fallen angels, more than that. Yeah, and I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with what that fallen angels. Were you, so yeah, you know, a little bit. So Lucifer was actually an angel. Yes, in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Do you know though his role in heaven? No. So this is a lot of folks don't. Do you know it? I do not. Let's get so educated. He was, he was the worship leader. He was a music composer, mm -hmm. right in heaven. And the first sin was actually pride, you know, and. Um, Lucifer wanted to be worshipped as God in heaven. Mm -hmm. That was his pride. And it's wild because when you take a stop on that and think about, you know, music, right? The Lord created music in heaven for the angels to worship him 24-7. Mm -hmm. 
and Lucifer just so happens to be the angel of music. Mm. Well, he's so good at deceiving, bro, like brilliant at deceiving. Yeah. He convinces a third of the angels to worship him as God. And the Lord is like, all right, you know, Satan, you want to be worshiped by God? Fine, I'll give you dominion over the world that I created. Right. Until, you know, I send my son back and I bring my people in for his return. You can have that. You and your deceived angels get cast down from heaven, yeah. thrown out of heaven onto the earth, right? Right. And, you know, breed with mankind, this whole thing, flood the earth, the Nephilim, that whole story anyways. But my point is, kind of sidetrack, music is so important. And something I really had, to, it's one of the things that, you know, my wife taught me and kind of opened my eyes to was like the music we listen to, not just trap rap and this yeah. thing, like, oh, the lyrics aren't bad, this, that, and the other, but like all music is inspired by something. You know, like not everybody loves to go do pottery and to crochet, but everyone has an ear for music. Yeah. Everybody, oh, do you like art? No. You want to go, you know, paint this? No. Yeah. Do you like music? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like who doesn't like music? Yeah. And it's inspired by something, right? And there's no such thing as neutral. Like it's either one or the other, good or evil. Like there's, you know, Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, there's a broad path that is easy that leads to destruction and death. And there's a narrow path that is difficult that leads to life and those who find it are few. Right. Right. And so music, especially, it's either glorifying the world, glorifying the self, which is like the first rule in the satanic Bible, do what you please, or it's glorifying the Lord. So there is no such thing as neutral in music. And it's inspired by either a demonic spirit, which is those fallen angels in that mm -hmm. spiritual realm still on earth. It's, mm -hmm. an insp it's inspired by something or it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Lord. And right. so music is very important. It's one of the few things that doesn't require permission to have access to our soul. Like we listen to it and we're receiving it whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Whether it's background music, it's this, it's that. And so like, you know, it's a, it's a wild eye-opening thing. But, you know, the music we listen to is so important, especially out in L.A. where music is such a popular thing. And in Nashville where music is such a big thing. And like not to get sidetracked off of that. But, dude, it's there's a lot of darkness out there. And it's coming in to the other parts of the country and the world. Yeah. Through our media, through our music. You see it all the time in our shows that get put on Netflix and it's it's crazy. I think we saw that a little bit too because we have buddies out there that are musicians that were hanging out with us and you could just kind of tell like, man, like I'm not getting this, this other guy's got this. Just a lot of backstabbing. A lot of, of like backstabbing, yeah. Shallow, like under the rug, like fuck this guy like i'm trying to get theirs bro. and it was like what is like what is actually going on yeah you know you, if you took a step back which we kind of did because one of our buddies is out there and we he kind of just i mean he hung out with us basically the whole time it was just like there's some i mean there's a lot of things that i don't think we knew at the time like what actually goes on behind the scenes of yeah. like how people get to where they are. And a and younger stuff. guy too. You Especially in a younger guy. Years I'm old. like, holy heck. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, to get to that level of fame and popularity. Yeah. There's Especially a like, well, it's, you know, Satan took Jesus to the top of the mountain. I'll give you all the riches and kingdoms of this world if you bow down and worship me. Yeah. There's a lot of people that do that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Mickey, obviously recurring guest, Jackson Mickey. Welcome to the show, man. Glad Thank to have you. Uh, yeah, Mickey and I, just some context here. Went to school together in Tennessee. We're both from Nashville at the University of Tennessee. Go Vols. But it's tough being a Tennessee fan. Yeah. Just everywhere right now. Uh, hopefully we can get the dub over South Carolina today. 
Um, but then, yeah, dude, I don't know. Uh, we interviewed you after you won Big Brother, season 21, winner of Big Brother. That was the first time I watched it, and I personally loved the show. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the only season I've watched. Um, but then, yeah, after college, I'm from Nashville. I tried to get out of Nashville, moved to Chicago. COVID hit, came back, sounded like you went to LA. Can you, for the one or two new followers we yeah. might have in the past three years, dude, do you mind just kind of breaking it all down after school and just going out there? Yeah. And then how the heck did you, did you win big brother, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I'll quickly summarize what has been a wild four years now, four and a half, four and some change. I don't even know. <laughs> we, we started the podcast about four years ago and so it's yeah. kind of like full circle now so yeah, but yeah it's dude, great it's uh Let's hear it. It, it, and you know to think about like where i was at in life when i first um even moved out to la it was you know february of 2019 i was in a really bad spot you know twas as folks that don't know this is andy and <laughs> andy and i Twas yeah. know each other. From... I still get called Twas. Okay, word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if that was something. It, it's not gone yet. Yo, I'm keeping it, it alive. Yeah, yeah, keeping it alive. Keep it running. So Twas <laughs> and I go way back to the college days, and I, I was I was very drastically caught up in the world, and after college had to take a year off, and was just living in Nashville, and just quickly started to continue my spiral downhill, and by. 23 years old, it was pretty evident to me that I wasn't going to make it to 25 if I stayed in Nashville. I was in a really dark world here and with some not great people around me and then some good buddies around me that I was almost kind of pulling down with me. And I just kind of had this moment of like, you know, I'm either going to like inadvertently end up killing myself or maybe intentionally or someone's going to like take me out legit. Yeah. And it was a wild kind of moment of like, I need to get out of this city. Yeah. And so I just booked a one-way ticket for February 1st. Two weeks later, flew out to LA, had no car, no job, no plan. I had like less than $1,000 for my name, dude. I get out of the plane and I have four massive suitcases on the little cart and it's pouring down rain. No idea what I'm going to do. And just started applying for jobs. 10 days in, still haven't heard back. Like 50 different restaurants, bro. Every bar in West Hollywood you can imagine, I applied there. Yeah. No one's calling me back. I'm like, Yo, what is the deal? I'm at lunch. I see on Instagram there's this ad to go to Big Brother. So I go, I applied. I ran to this uh, casting call. I was like one of the last people in line. Jeans, boots, and a T-shirt. Never thought I'd be on a reality show, nor desire to be on one. And they love me. And at that time... I was really struggling at that point. It was like two years of pretty good Xanax addiction, a lot of cocaine addiction as well. Adderall. Which was very prevalent at Tennessee, let me just say. Yeah, and apparently from what I've heard, it's only gotten worse. Um, now you got fentanyl coming to the mix, and I'm so thankful that like rolling up on three years clean in October from the hard drugs, I was Cali sober for a little bit. You know, but that, like, that, there you go. There you it's, go. it's the Lord, man, for yeah, really yeah. delivering me from that. Um, I took my last drink in uh, July 5th, July 4th of 2022. So a little over 15 months fully sober. And yeah, when I was in LA though at that time, it was very much not. And I had some things happen, got into a really bad headspace and um, had a lot of suicidal thoughts, tried to take my own life in April of 2019. And then in May of 2019, I had a stress-induced blood clot that I had to get cut out while high on cocaine. And then a month later, had gotten put on the show 
you know, and, and didn't disclose any of that information to like the casting producers or anything like that. And so kind of just went in there and got cut off cold turkey. So it was kind of like a rehab for me almost, but you know, a competition show on national TV and ended up winning the show. It was a wild season. It was a lot of things that kind of just unfolded and it changed my life in a lot of ways, saved my life. Cause I don't know if I could have made it through that summer in LA. Um, with that Legit. experience, let's without maybe going into like all the detail in terms of like that path, but like through that experience of Big Brother, what was that hardest part for you in terms of just the big scope of things of life? It was a really big catalyst for me and something that I'm still doing every day and will do for the rest of my life is like coming to know myself because the first 25 years of my life, I just ran for myself. I had no idea who I was. I was a different person depending on who I was talking to just to please them. And I was just a people pleaser. I wanted to be accepted, you know? And so for me, even the first, like, cause when I got out of the house, I didn't want to, I didn't actually like take a step back, pause, let me look at myself here. Where do I need to grow? Just got some bread. I just got in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just got came in. My checking account is full. <laughs> I'm free. Like the first thing we did was go to Vegas. Like I just continued to numb myself and run for myself. And then um, it wasn't until like I actually moved to Vegas in June of 2020 and then moving out of Vegas in October of 2020 that I realized like if I didn't really change my ways, I was going to burn eternally, like legit. And all that being said, what I'm even still going with, even just like last night, coming to know more about myself and the areas that I really need to grow and like need to mature and need to change and need to be honest with myself on. And that honesty requires humility. And sometimes it's hard to have, especially when we're talking about like character changes and like recognizing that that show took me places my character couldn't handle, you know, and, and I didn't, you know, 500 grand is not a ton of money in relation to people that have millions, but for a 23 year old kid with a lot of problems, and no financial literacy or financial guidance. Yo, that's, that's, a, that's a big... Yeah, yeah write me that check now and I'll be okay. It's a big rat trap. Bro. Anybody will take 500000 yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Can I ask you uh, yeah. quickly, uh, what's the taxes off that? Fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, dang, dude, why you got... I thought I was going to get 500 dude. Fat. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's been... There's been so many things that I've had to learn the hard way. You know, not only financially and... You know, because the, the rich stay rich by having their money make money for them. And the poor stay poor because we continue to spend what we make. So learning how to get our money to make money for us and being able to be a good steward of what the Lord gives me because I wasn't then, right? And so, like, God kind of let me go up to this mountaintop only to then let myself get chucked down in the valley and, like, really smack the deck. And over the, like, 2019 to 2022 I hit what I thought was rock bottom, but every time it just kept getting lower because I was just so stubborn and hard-headed and I kind of needed to hit that, you know? And so the biggest takeaway from the show, I would just really say is like coming to learn who I am because that wasn't who I was on the show. That was, that was just a shell of a guy who didn't actually have an identity, you know? And so coming to learn that and, and being around people that have, help me, you know, give feedback and this, that, and the other, but also just reading the Bible, you know, cover to cover and really getting in the word and coming to know Christ. Like that is where my, my identity has been found. And just taking a step back from social media 
getting away from that. Um, because like 2020 hit and I had such a desire to just change my life and turn it around. I was like, I'm done living like this. But and my intentions were right, but my execution was poor. And so I was just like, bro, I need to do less in public and say less in public and just like go into your cave. Just like go away, work on you, get off the grid for a bit. I was going to say on the show, though, like you got to give I'm always like I'm a guy who looks for like these little small wins because I feel like me and you kind of have the same person. I where I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's just not getting better. Just trying to find a win. I would say, though, you were like pretty strong minded going into that show in the situation that you were in and winning the show. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> Real talk, bro. Like, what did you what learn I about yourself right there? Like, did you have little milestones in that 99 days? Be like, you know what? I'm going to just focus on the show here, but I also got like all this backdrop in my head. Yeah. Like how does somebody do that? Well, so like the, the distraction of the show is what helped me get cut off from the different drugs I was hooked on because there's so much taking your attention and there's so many stressors. Right. But like the wild part was, you know, I'm on my season, you know, we're talking, the castmates are talking, they're stressing out. They're not eating. They're this, that, and the other, they can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. Cause of all the stress. Yo, the stress of that house was so much better than what I was going through in real life. Legit, it was like a vacation. It was like a a a, a pause. It's like let me get away from the real problems I have. And so, like, what I was going through up into that, like, even just the last month, I had the blood clot. Three days later, the CEO of a music label hit me in his hundred forty thousand dollar Porsche, totaled my car then suing me for over a quarter million dollars. Three weeks later, three weeks later, I'm back home in Nashville filming my intro. I hit a Mercedes van, matte black wrapped, all these different things, personal stuff going on. And then I'm just in the show, disconnected, off yeah. the grid. So I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, I don't actually ever want to leave this house because then I actually have to go face these problems. So it was kind of like a fun little getaway. And it's really what helped me like work through it was because it wasn't, anything in relation to kind of what I was dealing with in real life and the mess that I had kind of put myself in, you know? So being very competitive and just wanting to win. Yeah. That was where I was like, all right, I'm just taking it one week at a time. I just got to secure safety. I just got to get through this week. I just got to get through this week. Just kind of one thing yeah. at a time, which like, you know, in, in meetings, they tell you like, you know, one day at a time, just one day at a time. So it was like one week, let's just get through this week. Let's get through this week. Let's get through this week. And then before you know it, there's three of us left in the house. I'm like, yeah, this might actually happen. Yeah. And then it did. What would you say your your hardest week gameplay wise would be in Big Brother, and mm. do you, like maybe like at the the last three because you did have an alliance. I'm just curious. Also, it's a television show that's filmed 24 seven too, so it's got to add more pressure. But like, what was the hardest week for you? There? Yo, that the the final five, bro. Final five, because like you weren't gonna. I didn't think you were gonna win that challenge. You know which one I'm talking about? Where you were like throwing I guess, dodge the ball. balls. Yeah, it was like the slingshot thing. Yeah, that that one, and also. Uh, the fact that like Tommy and Holly were up on the block and like I was sitting there I was like I'm gonna go into final four three verse one I was like I don't know what is gonna happen and Dude. that was when I then heard Tommy through the door and that whole mess that was so <laughs> was good just, bro <laughs> that was definitely like that was when I was really like this is it's just like that that cusp of it's either I could win the show or I'm going home next week Cause like I just had HOH. No, I can't remember. I think it was the week before all. There that. was five up there. I think I just won veto or something. Yeah. I can't remember. But nonetheless, I was like, 
I'm about to be in this house by myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, this is, this is wild. And then they ended up, you know, sending home Tommy, which yeah. still will never understand. That, that was one. a wild move, bro. From your, from <laughs> yeah. your perspective in terms of like, I'm kind of like trying to focus on more of like a bigger picture of like life in that situation when you're down, let's say to the final five or the final three, are you thinking to yourself at that time in, in your like headspace, like this is kind of like a new beginning or like this could be a new path for me in terms of like, I'm, you know, you say all this stuff that happened to you, like this or that or whatever. Are you in that mindset that you are in, like in the house? Are you thinking like, dang, I could be, you know, a re- reality TV star? Or is it just more of like a, I don't know, at the time of like just being who I am and let me just, once I get done, I'll deal with who I am afterwards. So interesting you bring that up. They, I was kind of keeping my composure in the house. The producers for CBS, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but they would call me after like six, seven weeks in, sort of call me to the upstairs diary room and they had a psychiatrist in there. And she started asking questions and like, what seemed to me, can't confirm, what seemed to me was like planting seeds and intrusive thoughts. And was at one point it was like, so, you know, I just want to ask what city are you going to be living in when you get out of here, Nashville, LA, your family's from Mississippi, like where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really know, wherever. <laughs> and they were like, well, okay, we just want to make sure that we can get you a good therapist for when you get out of here, get you set up with somebody so... You know, we've had some people in the past when they come out of the house, they can't really handle what's being said about them in a healthy way. We just want to make sure that you're okay. Do we have your permission to kind of set you up with that? And immediately, my mind's like, what's what, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Who's saying what? Why do I need a therapist out there? Why are you saying it like that? Are you saying this to the other house guests? Yeah. Is it just me? And I leave there and I'm like, you know, and I go to ask another house guest, you cannot talk about your diary room sessions with other house guests. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. I was like, <laughs> and then, and then it, but it's like the spirals, you know what I'm saying? That's it. And they did, said those things and did those things because at no point, especially with stuff that got brought up on finale night, did I ever know? I had no idea. Never crossed my mind. I never got like filled in on that. Like, hey, yo, just letting you know. Twitter's saying this, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that, like, I was completely blindsided. Even on finale night, right before the commercial break ended, they were, before Julie asked me some questions, she was, they were like, came over the intercom, hey, congratulations, you two. Amazing job this season. You're going to get some tough questions coming up. Just answer them to the best of your ability. We're so proud of y'all. You know, all right, we're going live at five, four. And I was like, all right, word. Yeah. Tough questions. And then Julie hits me and I'm like, oh, no, what? Yeah. I, was, I had no idea. And so, um, yeah, that's where I, I'm so thankful that, granted, there are a lot of folks that love me, that support me, that, you know, see the truth and see where I was flawed and also see where I wasn't, you know, because there's a lot of places that I was really wrong. I was very intense. I was rude. I was disrespectful at times. I was inconsiderate. There's also a lot of things that I wasn't. Shotgun to beer in less than two seconds. I forgot about that. I did do that. Impressive. <laughs> I'll say it's impressive. But like, you know, there's, you know, there was definitely some, some red flags, but there were some things I also got accused of that just wasn't true. Nonetheless, I couldn't have walked out of that house and had the entire country love me and been a reality star 
in sitting in this couch right here. Legit. Right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made it pay maybe another year yeah. too. And so I'm super thankful for it because there was, yes, a lot of folks that loved me and supported me, but there's also like a big kick in the teeth. Was it all valid? No. But I needed it, you know, nonetheless. And so in the house, I had no idea that was coming. In the house, I was just focused on like, dang, dude, I could actually like, I could get some coin. Yeah. Like, this is getting back. We could actually do some stuff with this. And and then it just kind of went from there. What's your first like move after that whole show is over can you start like you win what's next like what happens my next? mindset at 23 was oh i'm never gonna work again right. you know what I'm, saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna work again like so naive to think that like influencing can actually be a sustainable career um and especially just given the things like what happened on my season like, I'm not ever going to do reality TV again. And that's a blessing. I don't really have a desire to do that at all. I didn't even really want to do reality TV in the first place. I just wanted to compete. Just happened to be on TV. But you were so good at it, which didn't make I'm sorry. I know I'm just cutting you. Don't, don't just in front of the camera, like, you would see this kid from Nashville. And it's like, you've. it looked like you've been in front of the camera a million times. Well, honestly, bro, part of that is, like, just putting on a mask in front of everyone that I waited on, everyone that I served on, everyone that I've been yeah. hanging around, like just really kind of putting on like an act in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like you put me in front of a camera. Now granted also you forget you're on camera really quick. You really do. Like it, it, it takes maybe an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, but my mindset was like, you know, I'm never going to work again. I'm just going to, you know, make these disgusting paychecks off of Instagram deals for the rest of my life like we're looking for uh, those <laughs> yeah but you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of money in social media and i was like oh, okay great you know i got a tiny little following i was like i can maybe make something with it this that and the other and then it just kind of seemed like i was getting you know one thing after the other there would be like this comes out or this comes out like someone on my cast had this kind of thing and i'm getting dragged into it and it just kind of was like one two punches you know and then COVID hits and that's when, you know, me and a couple of buddies were like, oh, we'll just move to Vegas. And then moving out of Vegas was like, okay, you know, I really need to get some things in order. And in March of 2021 was when I had gotten attacked by those two dogs, had a shoulder surgery in June. And I was just, I couldn't do anything. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to get a skill, right? Like I need a skill. So I need to figure out. And so I was on TikTok and this guy who's actually one of my mentors pops up on my For You page like day trading and investing. And I was like, okay, I got some capital. I've got a computer. Like, let's see what we can do here. Cause I'm slinged up. Like can't do anything. Sitting at the house yeah, doing nothing. The house I remember this phase of Mickey. I was going to say, well, we, it was, it was not short after we were out there when you were kind of, you started it and then you're still doing it while yeah. we didn't came out and saw kind of like what that was for you and yeah y'all got to see my spot in bell canyon yeah yeah should we mountains. just go ahead and say it dude like that was one of the best nights of our entire life bro really we still yeah. talk about that to this day of just like it was like the perfect like night for us in terms of like where we were just mentally and then like just where we were like with the podcast yeah it was just like deep breath thank you yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of And I'm so what glad we, the, the Thursday night football game or the Sunday night football game, we just couldn't figure it out. Because I was like, oh, well, what are we going to do? And you kind of just like made us food and just put us out on your, your deck or whatever. And I was just like, 
Okay, so this is cool. Like, yeah. And we're in Los Angeles. We like, hiked up the mountains a little yeah. bit. Caught the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Just, wow. Was that um, Bell Canyon? Bell Canyon. Yeah. So that was that was my daily routine. That was what I did. I didn't watch TV. I was up at three in the morning, you know, Pacific time. I'd go for a run with Sahara, run up in the mountains, go hiking, get in the stock market, and then I'd, you know, spend my mornings, days, nights watching sunsets, sunrises. Like honestly, dudes like face in the dirt spending time with the lord still hadn't read a bible though at that point and so like my relationship with god was not really founded on his word but more so the religion that i grew up in being catholic still hadn't read his word though but like that was my routine that was my jam like i had no cell signal and just like working on that and just being present and do that house that location up in the mountains single-handedly was one of the best things it was like an oasis dude you know, and I'm so glad y'all got to experience that too. Cause you got like a night of that, you know what I mean? And it's just like, just healthy. Yeah. just like release and just relief as well. And I think the biggest thing is like, I'm glad it wasn't just like a, let's go stop by and see Mickey. It was like, let's just go over, over there for the night and yeah. just lose almost track of time in terms of like, we left pretty late. I would, I, if I remember correctly, and it was just like, we both looked at each other and we we're like, we needed that. Yeah, yeah well, Mickey's in the kitchen for like 20 minutes or so. And uh, I'm like, you got the big blankets on us too, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I'm like trying to like talk, have a conversation with Liam. Like, yeah, so 20 minutes like talking. I'm like, so what you think about that, dude? He's like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? It is. I'm going to some more of those, uh, the, the chicken that he's making in there with the barbecue Because it does get cold up in the mountains. Yeah. It does get cold at night. So did you move, uh, so I, then you were in Vegas, it sounds like, for a little bit, and then you yeah. moved to Los Angeles at that spot. Yeah, it moved up to the mountains, and that was when I was like, okay. And that was when I also kind of, you know, almost snapped on Instagram and, like, was like, I'm done. Cut everyone out, fired managers, fired agents, like, went off the wall, kind of like, I can't continue down this path. You know, like, I'm tired of being an influencer. Like, I don't want to do this. And uh, And, yeah, and then it was, you know, a little while after that, I think it was – September, October, I get a call, and that was when I kind of got hit with some news, and I was like, "Oh, I, I might need to go back home," and didn't really know what I was going to do, to know how it was, everything was going to work out. And a good buddy of mine, Tony, had given me what's called like this fast track, and it's Genesis to Revelation in ninety minutes, and I'd never read the Bible. That fast track sat on my desk for like four months. I get this call and I'm looking over and I'm like, Dang, you know, I should probably read this. So I started, read it, finished in like an hour and a half. I read it four more times where it kind of breaks down just like a quick synopsis of the Bible start to finish. Read it four more times. I was like, all right, I'm ordering a Bible. And so I realized I was going to have to move out of this house and I was going to have to go back home to Nashville. And so I'm in Genesis slinged up can't do anything no job no idea what i'm going to do and getting all my stuff loaded up into a storage unit to literally go back home to nashville with a one-way ticket reading genesis on the flight but to live at home with my parents and you want to talk about like humbling and ultimately it was a lot of poor decisions that led me there and poor money management 
and just winning half a million dollars in front of seven million people to then having to go back home and live with your folks yeah. in the house that I grew up in and like the room that I was in high school. Hey, mom, legit. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, legit. Yeah. And like prodigal son. Yeah. Um, so were you, uh, did you keep up with anybody from the show like right after? No. Um, no, there was, you know, the show was interesting because it's a game, but there's also people involved. And some of the folks really took things personally. And, and like, I understand, you know, and I also reached out to some and apologized. Wasn't accepted. So, you know, I understand. I'm just going to continue to work on me. And when I was at home, Bro, I was so embarrassed, one, disappointed in myself, too, and realizing that, like, yo, I have no idea how I'm going to get myself out of this hole. I can't work. I have no arm. I have no money. I have no friends. I have my dog, and I'm going back home with my parents. In the city that when I left in 2019, I never thought I'd return to again. I when I jetted out there, bro, I was like, I'm never coming back here. Yeah. No desire. And God was like, all right, yeah, you say that. I'm gonna snatch you back and put you right back where you need to heal, where you need to grow. And dude, I went into a cave, dude. I literally I changed my number twice. Yeah. And cut everyone out. No one knew where I was. No one knew I was in Nashville. No one some people thought I was dead, dude. Like they would reach out, it's going green, they'd Instagram DM me, I wouldn't answer nothing. I was like, I can't see anybody, I don't talk to anybody. I literally was going to physical therapy and back. And all I did was read my Bible. That was my job. And day trade. Like I'd wake up, I'd get in the word for a couple hours and just read every day until I finished. So I read from Genesis to Revelations, cover to cover. And had some other things happen in life and broke all my rules that I have in place for day trading, my protective rules, my security, this, that, and the other. And, you know, was like, oh, I'm, you know, I got greedy, one of the cardinal sins, and overextended my risk way too much, blew up an account. Yeah. And, like, I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, literally, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So take us through that in terms of, like, you move back, you're still, you know, have an injury, you're still don't know what you're going to do. What is that mindset in terms of, because I think when we saw you out there in LA, I would say your mindset was a, a whole lot different than what we saw on the TV show per se. Mm-hmm. And it had changed a lot from that point in terms of just like stepping back and not being, you know, this or that or whatever people might hear on social media about, Oh, that Jackson Mickey kid, whatever. What is that mindset for you when you are don't have a job? You're still just, like you said, going to physical therapy and back home. Yeah. What is that mindset of like in terms of what are you going to do? Like did you have something planned or are you still just taking it quote unquote day by day? Well, when I saw y'all, I was in the process of starting my LLC filed, was starting my own supplement company, was trying to open up my own gym, this, right. that, and the other. But I still had things in my life that I needed to get pruned from. One in particular was cannabis. Like I needed that taken out of my life because it was still an idol for me. It was a crutch for me. And I was, that was something that was taking the place of the Lord in my life. And coming back was 
God's way of like removing everything. Like I'm going to put you in a cave and it's just me and you now, bro. Like me and you. I need you to lean on me and like trust in me. And literally my own parents would ask like, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And I was like, I don't know, but I'm just trusting in God. Literally, I'm just going to trust in the Lord. And like had full trust in him. And, and then how, mine, how long did that, how long was that phase for November you? November to April. Okay. Like complete, I didn't talk to anybody, didn't see anybody. I actually went with my dad one time to Lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. And I posted a little shake on my instagram story it was like long time no seeing the first thing anybody's seen in months on social media or that i'm even in nashville and brooks actually hits me up he goes bro are you back and i was like uh, he hit me on dm and i was like here's my number my new yeah. number like the first guy to ever get my new number and he's talking he's like dude i've been trying to get personal trainers like you know having a hard time connecting with some of these guys like yo you want to go work out with me sometime at lifetime i was like Yo, I'm gonna be honest. I don't have a membership, and you know, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I can afford one right now. And he was like, "Yo, don't worry about it. I got you. I'll, I'll pay for your membership if you'll just come train me." And I was like, "All right, word." So we start going to Lifetime, and ran into some folks from high school and college. Oh, how's it going? Long time to see. Yo, you should come check out this Bible study. Okay, cool. A week later, somebody else. Yo, what's up? How's it going? Long time to see. You should come check out this Bible study. Same Bible study. And I was like, all right, whatever. I know the folks that run it. I was like, if I see them, I'll consider it. Yeah. The Lord works in threes. The next week, same day of the week, I walk in. It's the folks who run it. Yo, what's up? Long time no see. Just come check out our Bible study tonight. And I was like, oh, I can't tonight, but I will next week. So I go. Met some great folks. I'm at brunch one day. The guy goes there. And he's telling me about, you know, he's got, it's two phones. He's taking calls left out and the other. He's, we're just talking about life. He's just like, yo, tell me about everything that's going on with you, this, that, and the other. And again, dude, I couldn't even I couldn't even afford my breakfast. Like, I don't have a car. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. I have one suitcase that I flew home with. Everything else is in a storage unit. Legit. I don't have, a, like, I'll never forget, bro, when my checking account had 484000 and I'll never forget flying home and seeing my checking account net negative. Yeah. And you want to talk about humbling, I would do the bro. same thing, bro, honestly. You want to talk, about, you want to talk about one of the, the, the most disappointing feelings like in, in yourself. Like I took this gift. And, Zero. and you're like... Should I go back on a reality TV show, dude? <laughs> well, I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, granted, the last third of that money, I was like, give it, take it. I felt wrong for having it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was trying to give back to people and help those less fortunate. Because I didn't feel like I deserved to have it. And I was going about it in the wrong way, though. You know, my intentions were right. My execution was poor. And I'm at brunch back in, you know, March or whatever. And... 2022 and he's like yo you know I don't, I don't know why i just kind of feel led ass like you know do you ever want another like stream of income you know i got this job i think he'd be good at it and i was like bro if you only knew <laughs> the, yeah, what i'm facing it. i was like if you only knew what i'm facing 
and uh and i was like you know i could be interested trying to contain my excitement <laughs> right. but like talk about an answered prayer like i didn't know where it was going to come from i didn't know how it was going to get here but i knew the lord was going to take care of me if i just completely trusted in him and like go to this random brunch you know he's driving me back home right and he's literally calling his boss hey you know i got this guy he's gonna be an absolute killer like you need to you need to talk to him you need to get him an interview like you need to hire this guy only one condition like i'm gonna train him when he gets hired he's like well, put him on the phone so i talked to him he's like yeah what are you doing tomorrow and i was like mm, no i got time <laughs> uh, <nothing. laughs> i got time you know and you know first thing i do is then hey mom can you drive me to this interview <laughs> like, legit and so i go in there and it's sales right and um i ended up getting hired never thought that i'd be doing this never thought that i'd be you know working again it was a blessing you know the guy that hired me was a groomsman at my wedding um he's one of the best guys i've ever met strong believer and it was an amazing timing for it because it allowed me to really do some things with my life and turn things around but at that point i was you know just focusing on the lord and like that was it buddies of mine be like oh you know because people you know i would post little videos here and there and like one of them kind of blew up and, and there was a really weird ratio of the amount of views i got versus the amount of dms that i got on instagram like hundreds of dms it was a video i made about kind of like coming to know christ like giving up the things of the world and coming to know jesus and like all these quote unquote christian girls kind of flooding the instagram inbox and i was like dude i want nothing to do with this mm. and brooks was like but bro how do you like how do you not know if one of these girls could like be your wife or this and then i was like i don't care i'm not into it i'm not doing it like i'm not doing it i'm not i don't have any interest to be with a relationship or anything like that ever i literally thought it was just gonna be me and my dog just trying to start my job dude yeah. and yeah and then you know fast forward a couple weeks later it's my birthday in june and a couple months later and i'm at dinner two other couples are you know good friends and they're all they're both married I'm like yo we gotta hook you up with somebody we need to set you up with one of our friends blah, blah, blah. and i was like no i was like i don't want to know who she is i don't want her to know who i am i don't want her from my hometown like i don't want anything to do it like i don't want anything to do with the relationship i'm good and they're like you say that and this is when god's gonna like bring you your wife and literally dude two weeks later not even this is when i met my wife at bible study and it was like not an attraction in the sense of like a physical attraction. My soul, like my heart literally just felt drawn to her. And I was like, what's your name? That was the first thing I ever said to her. And uh, it's been a blessing ever since. You know, Caitlin and I, we've just been connected literally nonstop. And we just quickly became best friends and then fell in love with each other. And that's sort of been the journey ever since. That's been like, okay, working through these things, these holes that I put myself in. Lord pulling me out, me doing what I need to, but also really changing my perspective on life and like completely leaving the old behind and like behold, I'm doing a new thing very much, you know, Isaiah 43. So that kind of situation has really been. That is a beautiful thing, man. Again, we always say this, we're just trying to get some texts back. Hey, you know, it's funny. And also congrats uh, in all seriousness. You got engaged, what, a couple months ago? We got married uh, July got 7th. Married. July 7th. July 7th. Congratulations. 7th, 7th. Here's something funny. When I was looking at Airbnbs for us to stay in at Sherman Oaks, I don't know. I don't even, if, I don't even know if I told you this. Uh, 
I was looking at a home out there that you had stayed at that you had commented on as a review. No way. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was. I don't know this Do you know story. which one I'm talking about? Dude, that's wild. It was kind of that home out there on the hilltop by itself. And there was like, it was like a house right there. It was just like its house. But then there was like a guest house. And then there was maybe like a, a little swing area that faced over the mountains. Wait, did it have a hot tub? Yes. Yes, dude. Yes. Beautiful house. Yes. I low-key want to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I low-key uh, want to buy I it. I saw I was like, we should get that one, dude. We should get that one. Yeah, dude. No, that's uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Was one of the best weeks. Um, Caitlin and I actually went up there. I had to go out for some work stuff. And I was like, yeah, you want to come? Like, go see some of these mountains. So I got to take her around. Like, we're, you know, all LA. And like. And that was in, that was close to where you stayed at too right it was in the canyons up there it was one canyon over yeah so i lived in bell canyon this was like topanga canyon very close proximity to the point that like in that house when we were staying there in the airbnb i would actually run physically run on my morning runs to bell canyon and then back Mm. so it was that close it was like two three miles yeah um because there's not really many houses in the neighborhood i was living in to airbnb you remember like when y'all oh yeah it's Bad cat houses. Pretty, pretty secluded. Yeah. Very secure. They gave us a, a nice warm welcoming. I don't know if you remember this, but you should remember there was a big bird poop right as we pulled up to Mickey's place because we had the yeah. top drop open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, the bird dude. took a nice <laughs> It was huge, dude. Oh, He's so like, you're going to have a great night, but just let me just place this real quick for you. Yeah. Just so you know. Just so you know. Dude, I have a question. Um, on Big Brother, you were known for your many different uh, quotes. Yeah. Can you give us your top three, dude? Um, Chestnut Checkers is obviously one that's, you know, <laughs> that's always going to money. Stick. Yeah. Um, I came here for confetti. That was another one. And then I'm trying to think of what another. I mean, I had quite a few. Um. Honestly, dude, I haven't, I haven't watched my season in a minute. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the third one. What a third one would be? Big watermelon guy too. It's huge watermelon guy. I actually just yeah. cut up two last night. <laughs> Legit in our Tupperware. I remember, dude. Like right after the show, you made like how to cut a watermelon tutorial video, and and also how to pick one too. Yeah, like, how to pick one popped off. I don't know because I guess people don't know how to pick good melons. Yeah, I guess how can you tell like the difference between watermelons? Yeah. How? Oh, well, so I thought you were asking, but I'll be happy to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you look for a one, you need a big, strong yellow spot. You want some dark green stripes. The wider, the better. The green yellow spot. And then you got to knock. It's that ear test, that sound test. That it's and what are you reverberating, listening for? Like, like it kind of reverberates through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last time we talked, y'all were asking about like what you know items would be in my fridge. And I was I had just really gotten into mango. Oh, okay. Mango. I'm gonna ever since, dude, have not stopped on the mango. I now know how to pick them. Okay. So I don't have to get the pre cut anymore. <laughs> I prefer actually to to get the the ones that I cut myself, like the real mangoes, because mm-hmm. you just get more. Yeah. Um, but I put Kaylin on the mango too. She loves mango now. Um, but yeah, man, watermelon and mango are like one two punch. What do you like? I was gonna say I think. I've been on, which it's not really a, I guess it is a thing, but like the uh, cucumber water mm, is yeah. one of my things now. 
Like I've been, I, I was drinking tea for the longest because I love tea, just like unsweet, just raw tea. I would prefer like that. Ghosts? I do like ghosts. Yeah, this bubblicious flavor, not yeah. to cut you off. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, but yeah, let's do it. It's okay, ghost. So this, shout out to ghost. Shout we'll, out ghost. We'll, we'll look for some uh, some sponsors here if you want. But so uh, this flavor in particular is a summer flavor, and I got it from the gym that I train at over uh, oh, Carbon. Cheers. Carbon Performance and Franklin Cheers, Bubblicious, and I was like, they're almost out of stock. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> I don't, it tastes like the gum. It tastes like the gum. It's oh, so shit. good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's 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 bomb. So are you now? Are are you like fully recovered with everything? Like yeah. your shoulders good? And well, you're like working out, and it sounds like. You're married. You got a good life, and then, you know, even though I don't really want to be back in Nashville, I was the same way when I moved to Chicago, dude. And then yeah. COVID, I was like, God, dang it, dude! I was trying to get out of this city, but I love Nashville, and obviously we're living in the city of cranes now. But yeah. do you like being back? I do. You know, um, it's interesting about the whole shoulder situation. I so it's never going to be the same. Like the amount of work that got done on there, and my training has then drastically changed. In a, in a good way because, like, it's really helped me connect more with myself. You know, I can't push the same weight. My range of motion is limited. So it's really forced me to get creative and kind of work on my mind-muscle connection to protect the shoulder joint, you know. And I've been, profe- like, unprofessionally training people, like personal training for over seven years. And so especially being out in L.A., learning from a lot of guys uh, in the fitness industry, some very knowledgeable dudes – that understand the biomechanics of the body and being able to translate that into my own self, but also to other guys as well. I was doing that at zoo culture, you know, in LA Mm -hmm. and now here at carbon performance in Franklin and dude, the gym setting is such a, a place of, it's such a breeding ground for vanity and pride and anger and lust and all the things that like I'm guilty of in my life. But there's such a void of like laborers in that field for the kingdom, for the heavenly kingdom. And so, dude, I've, I mean, I pray every day with an expectant heart that the Lord will cross my paths with someone who needs him through me. Mm-hmm. And in the last year and a half alone, over a hundred something guys that I've met that the Lord has just reunited us and in that gym, being able to talk with them, being able to get to know them more, um, being a, like, able to give them somewhere to talk and to vent. And a lot of guys that have similar problems that I struggled with. So I don't necessarily have my own desire to be back in Nashville, but I see every day that there's a reason why I'm here. In my line of work, in sales, the amount of people that I've met, some guys you know, in their 40s and 50s that have prodigal sons struggling with addiction, haven't seen the house in a couple of years, haven't heard from them, this, that, and the other asking me questions you know needing advice kind of looking for answers how do i love him how do i you know get him home and um some amazing folks some you know mentors and such like a couple of my customers actually got invited to our wedding um and so nashville where i'm at now i never thought i would be very different than the nashville that i grew up in that i was partying in i never go downtown i live down in spring hill so like 45 minutes south like, let me get away from everything. But I do know that Lord brought me here for a reason. I don't know how long this season will be. I don't know if I'm going to stay here long term, if Kayla and I are going to go down to Florida. 
um, her and I both have a desire to go more into ministry and to really just kind of help in that way. When and how that looks, we both know that we need preparation for that. And so that's another reason why I'm just like taking a step back from things on social media and this, that, and the other, and just trying to really just get worked on and put in work in private and away from everything and, and just focus on my marriage. Um, I've never been a husband before. <laughs> I've also never had a wife before. <laughs> so learning a lot about that, learning a lot about myself. And what I was talking about earlier, you know, you were like, what's the biggest takeaways in this, that? And I was like, I'm still have that takeaway about learning myself. Right. Kayla and I had a conversation last night, literally, where she's bringing things up and talking to me about stuff that I'm needing to hear and also kind of do some reflection. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I totally see that. I, I need to work on the way that I say this or, you know, even just replies and stuff like that, that men and women operate differently. And how can I be better for her and how can I be better for those around me by learning about myself more? Got so it's been a, I was going to say, we'll, we'll do a couple more, but the one question I have for you in terms of reflection and in, in looking back now that you are back in Nashville, for people that maybe you've known yeah. or were friends with that you aren't friends with now, and they don't really look at you in the same light, or maybe they do have this mental picture of you of like, oh, Jackson, Mickey, I knew him back, you know, when you were younger and what you got into and stuff. How does that, does that creep into your mind of like a negative light if you meet somebody or you see somebody that you were friends with back in the day and they don't really talk to you anymore or something like that? Does that ever like hinder your like thought process of like, if I do have happen to run into somebody yeah. and they don't, they only knew me for what I was yeah, and not the new picture of who you are now. It's a, that's a fantastic question. And there's a couple folds to it because even when I was super toxic coming out of the show, I was accused of things that weren't true. Right. There were things that were true. Again, I've run those down where I really need to make some changes, especially like in my intensity, my aggression, the way that I spoke. But there are also things that I got accused of that, that wasn't legit. And for a little while, bro, I, it really messed with my head. Right. Like, I just wanted to scream on the mountaintops. Like, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Like, I didn't do, I didn't say anything. Like, I, you know, and, and everything that was brought up was, you know, Twitter talk and assumptions and this, that, and the other. Like, nothing ever happened or was said. And, but there's still the way that that cancel culture happens. And, you know, it's really just like one or 2% of the population that is the most vocal, but it brought really mess with my psyche. And every time I saw somebody in public, hey, are you, you know, Mickey from Big Brother? The first thing that went through my mind was like, what do they think of me? Right. Do they think this? Do they think that? And I would catch myself almost like, <laughs> almost like just running my mouth you know, trying to prove that I'm innocent. Right, right. And then be like, dude, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, they just asked for a picture. And you've been talking to them for 10 minutes about yeah. how you've been wrong, accused of that and the other. Yeah. So it was really tough. And that same thing applies now. But that time in the show was what really helped me be at a place where now it doesn't affect me at all. And... The other aspect of me not being affected is because my intentions are not for anyone around me. Like that's and I don't care 
really what anyone thinks. Like my heart is to be better for the Lord. And what someone thinks about me when they see me or someone from my past still thinks that I'm doing this, that, and the other, that's, they're not going to be the one who judges. You know what I mean? And, and the Lord sees my heart posture in that. And at first, when I came out of the show, my desire was to, you know, prove people wrong. Like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. And that's where I was like, yeah, I'm putting all this aside. That's why I kind of took a step back from social media and this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. And I see people now, especially people I knew from high school and college. And, you know, a couple years ago, that thought might have come into my mind. Now I'm at a place where it doesn't really phase me, you know. And it's a genuine sense of like, hey, it's good to see you. Yeah, I love you. And and I just pray that when people see me, they will see Christ in me. And that just speaks for itself. I don't have a desire or a thought of, oh, you know, what do they think? Do they still remember this? Do they still remember that? Like, they probably saw me this night at this event, you know, doing this. That's not what I'm doing anymore. Would you yeah. say people hold grudges more than they should? Yeah, dude. And, and you know, to to be fair, I've, I've sent quite a few apologies to people. Um, you know, past relationships, guys um, that I felt like, you know, the Lord put me in positions of leadership. And even before the show, you know, being a pledge trainer, being a social chair of the fraternity, this, that, and the other, like, where was I leading people, bro? For real, in the basement, <laughs> and like yeah. into the same flames that I was walking towards. Yeah, you know, and like straight up seeing some guys and be like, "Yo, I'm sorry." Yeah, for for the influence that I could have had. Do you feel me. like you're like too, you get too down on yourself though to an, to a certain degree? Not really, because like, we didn't because know like, what we were doing yeah. in college, dude. And, you know? and, and like, like you know, well, my thing is like you know. It's not like I'm mourning and always oh, I'm so so sorry, but I do feel obligated to like yo, hey, I just want to just acknowledge for how that, I was. acknowledge that I messed up, yeah, and and get that out, and and then move on, yeah. And there's you know? no excuse, just acknowledge and, and just acknowledge it. Like yo, I, you know, especially there's some people more than others. It's not like everybody. Oh hey, we partied once in college. I'm so sorry <laughs> for that and the other. Right. No, these are guys that like I was really close with that I was like yeah. having a negative influence on. You right. know what I mean? Or you know, past relationships where I didn't really handle things well. Like, yo, hey, I'm sorry for that, and you didn't deserve that. Um, and you know, other times just kind of internally taking recognition. And yeah. you know, sometimes some people have had to vent to me, and I, there was a time I'm like, yo, I didn't really, that wasn't my fault, but whatever, I, I feel you, and I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's just part of the healing process. I think we're all at an age too where it's like, dude, if you're like focused on like what this person did in the past, like, why are you thinking about that? Just kind of like everyone's in our own state of like focusing on our career, getting married buying homes for me personally i'm trying to figure out how to like small and smaller my circle make my circle smaller but i'm such a people person i feel like i'm somewhat like you liam and i are total opposites this guy just likes to chill by himself and he's an only child i'm an only child i gotta go hang out with people but i have groups here in nashville like i already know what they're doing they're gonna go to broadway or they're gonna go to another bar down here and then i'm just gonna end up going to bed at like 3 a.m dude yeah. and feel like crap the next day well and i'm that's i was that same way now i'm at a place like dude i'm a homebody bro like i wake up i go to work i go to the gym like i go home yeah i'm a homebody i'm now on the other end of the spectrum because i used to be like i was never at home if i was i was never by myself i had to be around people this that, and the other and like you said bro we're all growing up we're at a really weird age of those mid to late 20s. We're creeping up on 30. We're not really the same 
18, 20 year old degenerates we used to be. And like, everyone's kind of at different levels of that in growth. But I knew that I couldn't make any growth, especially in a city like Nashville, if I stayed doing the same things with the same people. Like I, could, I had to completely remove that from my life, you know? And the people that I was around also needed me to do that because I wasn't impacting them in a great way either, you know? Yeah. Anything on that homebody? No, I'm I'm on the same page as Mickey on that one. It's peaceful, bro. It is. Like, you and know, I, that's what I try to kind of whisper into Andy's ear every once in a while, just of like, he because he is younger than I am. There is a process of like growing up that you will soon and hopefully, you know, don't do something dramatic that changes your life forever. But like slowly learning and growing up, that you will turn into like. I don't need to go out and see everybody at all. Yeah. The time. You will. Because, I, I mean, I do like to go out. Let's not be yeah. like, I'd like to go out, but it's not like I need to go out. If I want to go out, I'll go out. But more, more likely than not, just keep me at home. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, just my job is social media. Like, I'm a content creator for a sports media company. I'm always on social media. I'm on social media for the podcast. So, like, I, I, I don't even think I've taken two days away from social media in like three, four years, bro. Yeah. So what would your advice be for someone like that to just, that's always plugged in on social media. Everyone wakes up, rotates the platforms, and then that's how you start the day. Yeah. Do you have any advice on? Dude, crazy. You at, so um, I actually have this phone case. I'll show you. So I've got this phone case that covers my screen mm -hmm. intentionally. Right. Um, this phone is amazing and it is direct access to the world. Right. Who's the prince of the air and who's got dominion over this world? My mornings start with one, I don't allow myself to look in the mirror, I don't allow myself to check my phone until I've spent time in prayer with the Lord and in the word. Those are my rules because even when, after I'd gotten you know, clean and sober and different things like that, my physique was still an idol, right? And I was, there was vanity there. And I refuse to let my morning start with that. I'm not gonna fix my eyes on myself and allow that to come back into play. I'm also not gonna get in the world before I get in his word. And we are the most pure we're ever going to be again in the morning. Tomorrow morning is your most pure state you'll ever have again. Because guess what's coming tomorrow? More pollutants, more stresses, more things. Tomorrow morning is the most pure state you're probably going to have ever again. Because who knows what tomorrow brings? Mm -hmm. You know, Matthew 6, don't stress about tomorrow. It's got enough stress of its own. Just focus on today. Right. So for me, my process has been for almost two years now, like I wake up, hit my knees, get on my face, pray, get in the word. And then I'll check my phone. I got to put on that full armor of faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I don't know where y'all stand in terms of, I don't like the word religion, but it's relationship with Christ. Um, and it's not my place. You know, I'm not going to judge. I'm, I love both y'all so much. dude. I love y'all so much regardless of whatever y'all do or don't do on your time does not change the love that I have for you. But if you're asking for advice and you're asking, you know, starting your mornings, dude, the world is so deceiving. 
the world is so deceiving in terms of satisfaction and acceptance and joy. There's no real joy in the world. And there's no real peace in the world. There's no real satisfaction in the world. All of it is fleeting. It's little quick doses of dopamine. Who liked this? How many shares do I have? How many comments do I have? How many followers do I have? This, that, and the other. There's a spike or there's a plummet of both. You're starting your morning out. And what I used to do, the same, roll over, check Instagram. Roll over, check TikTok. Roll over, check Snapchat, this, that, and the other, which deleted Snapchat a while ago. One of the best decisions ever. And it was like, okay, I'm starting my day out in the world. We are destined for just a struggle that day if we're not truly starting our day out in peace and quiet. And like, so my morning routine, I wake up, pray, get in the word. Maybe I'll check my phone, but typically I'll go downstairs, I'll chug a half gallon of water. Then I'll check my phone and then maybe I'll have a cup of coffee, take the dogs for a run, back before the sun is up and like start, like kind of was doing in California. You know, but like starting our days in a peaceful state. Because, mm -hmm. dude, yo, the world is chaos, bro. Yeah. And like this phone, dude, this phone with the 5G, and this is not from the Lord, bro. Like this is, this is, it. there's things that can be used. What the enemy intends for evil, the Lord will use for good. These phones are amazing. They can share the word of God. They can be lights to people. They can really help, especially in the spread of knowledge and information and wisdom and things like that. But it also can be a gateway to a lot of dependency on the other ends of this, especially in social media. Yeah. And social media, bro, is a tough racket. It especially because every business, even like my mom's business, is like, hey, we need to push social media. Like every yeah. business gets their word out from social media and so putting money behind paid posts. Yeah. And, and and that's the other thing, you know, the money behind it. Like fiat dollar, the, the man-made currency yeah. that, um, you know, Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be appointed to you. Mm -hmm. Like, look at the birds of the sky. They neither reap nor sow nor store in barns, which our Heavenly Father provides. You're not of more value than they. When we let go of our desire for money, we let go of where this next dollar is going to come from, this and the other, and we seek the Lord, which is what happened to me in my parents' house. He knows what we need. But he needs to also know that we can be trusted with that. Um, and those blessings from the Lord, he will wait to check our heart posture. Because the devil's in the blessing business, too. We see that. You see that on LA, you see that here. Um, you see all this talk, especially in the music and the entertainment world about manifestation, about creating your own things and like manifestation, putting the emphasis on man rather than our creator makes us as the creation a God, mm -hmm. our own God, and that's not the case. And so it's tough, especially in social media with all this talk about it, especially in the entertainment industry with all this talk about it. And bro, you, you know, you're asking for... My advice, my encouragement is to really seek the Lord. Get in his word. Build that relationship with him. You don't have to go be in a pew to be in a relationship with Christ. Especially in the Bible Belt, bro. There's a lot of churches here. Um, not to go on a tangent, but there's a lot of churches here, and there's also a lot of performance here in Nashville and self-idolatry, right? A lot of people come to Nashville to be these big singers and this, that, and the other, and, you know, um, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. You know, many will cry out, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did many mighty works in your name. And he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's to believers. 
So like, that's the people that are claiming to know Christ that think their works are going to get them saved, the lukewarm Christianity. Ultimately, like that peace that we're seeking in the starting our days comes from a relationship with him in intimate time with him. And so I would encourage you to, bro, like have a rule for yourself, protect yourself from yourself. If you find things that are making you stressed or anxious or worried, don't allow those stressors near you or your heart for at least the first 45 minutes to an hour of your day. Love it. You take the cold shower too, don't you? I do. Ooh, plunges, bro. You know, nice fast. No, I just take a cold shower every morning. Just that's how I start my day. And then from there, it's like, I don't check my phone at all. Like I wake up and my phone's probably in the other room, not even charged, but that's just the difference between me and him. But well, how do you feel like, uh, how do you feel like your ability to handle the things with social media and the stresses is, you think it's better or worse? I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't posted on Instagram for a year. I accept the LA trip that I just posted, but since then it was like a year. Yeah. And I I don't let social media or like the thoughts on social media of like the pressure of trying to get somebody to like me or whatever bother me. So I think for my, my own sanity, which I've just did for myself was like, I don't need that approval. And I think it's different because I don't need social media, which I've learned, but it's also like, it's there. So yeah. if, again, if I want to do it, I'll do it. Same thing with like going out. If I want to go out, I'll go out. Yeah. So it's a little different. My job doesn't revolve around it. Yeah. Um, except for a podcast, which is weird because they're like, you got to be on social you media. To, if that's you're why doing we got podcast. some help, dude. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what you like. Yo, if you can find someone that can do a task even seventy percent as good as you, yeah. delegate that away. That's what yeah, I let said. them do that's it and on. pay them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Let them do it. Yeah. And like, cause you don't want to have to deal with that. And that was one of the other reasons was like, I took a step away because bro, it is consuming yeah. time consuming and it will consume you yeah. in unhealthy ways, bro. That like, dude, our mindset starts to shit. It's, it's such a, uh, it's such a toxic place to be. Like when we got to wake up and I'm saying this from my experience, what am I going to post? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do this? I got to get pictures of me doing this, pictures of me doing that, videos of me doing this. And it's just like me, 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 me. And it just becomes this like distorted view of like, oh, everyone cares what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was stealing my joy. It was like the thief of my peace was trying to live like, like for people through this screen. Because in reality, bro, somebody opens her phone, they check it, let's say, see my picture, all right, scroll, scroll. Yeah. It's two seconds gone. Probably put five, six hours of thought into this I post. Know. Yeah. The editing, the lighting, the this, the caption, whatever. Someone's like, or not even like it, just keep, keep scrolling. That's yeah. the dangerous game. We were talking about that in the last internal pod. I was like, dude, my brain might be mushed, dude, but like 45, I got to get off this damn phone, dude. You know? It's because it's, it's all scroll. It's all nonstop scroll now. Yeah. What's uh, your, uh, what's your, um, and I don't want to put you on blast here. No, I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> What's your screen time look like? Oh, it's not. It's probably not great at all. I don't even know how to <laughs> check right. it, bro. To be honest, uh, how do you check your screen time? Just curious. I have. I think the last week I had eight hours of screen time for the week. Screen time. I didn't even know this was a thing. Oh, turn on screen time. Oh, he's Yeah, you're good. Turn that on. Yeah, I'll turn it on. Report back. Yeah, we'll table that in a yeah. couple weeks. Next episode, yeah. we'll see what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's been a journey. I, it's Nashville's city that I just never thought I'd be back in. 
I also never thought I'd get married. Yeah. Uh, didn't think someone with the life I lived deserved it, nor that anyone like her still existed. Completely. Can you change this guy's mind about not he again on the last internal podcast last week? He's like, yeah, I'll have three kids, but I'm never getting married, bro. I say I probably won't ever get married. My mind says I probably won't ever get married. Philly. So, whoever says that like marriage is the end of all the fun, they're a liar, dude. Like that's when the adventure of life really starts. Yeah. Like finding somebody who is like your teammate, like your person, bro. Kaylin knows every single detail about my life. Yeah, and and still somehow loves me. And I, I'm hesitant to say this, but another thing that I say that f- because is like, at least at the time, I thought I had that somebody. Mm. So now I'm in the sense of like, it was there, everything was lined up, and it was like a meeting of the minds between the both of us. Is like, yeah. hey, the timing wasn't right, or we both like mutually decided we're not going to do this. So I, that's kind of why I say that now is because I was there ready to commit, ready to do it all. And then now it's like, okay, I've had the, that in my life and now it's not there. So I'm probably not going to get married. That's kind of why I said it'll come when you least expect it. Right. I know. I, I feel you on that and was very much surprised. Oh yeah, um, and I know. Like, I know it's out there, and it, it again probably will happen. But my my mindset's like it today probably might be won't. the day that marks. Okay, because this is literally <laughs> what happened to me, dude. This, like, yeah. I you know I got really blindsided. Mm. I was just about to say, right, I'm done with this for good. And you know, year and a half later, um, I was talking to some folks, and I mean, I got. Comp- I was like so certain. It's like I'm never getting married. I'm just gonna be single with my dog. The rest of my life like i don't it's not for me it's not you know gonna happen um two weeks later and it ultimately was me being in a hard posture of not desiring or coveting marriage or a wife you know what i mean right and that's usually when it happens is when you kind of just come to peace in terms of like i ain't getting married right. and then boom Oh yeah, here she comes I'm there. yeah dude mickey thanks for coming on brother uh we asked this at the end of every single one of our interviews. This isn't even an interview, dude. Just welcome back on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's always good seeing you. Um, man to man, what is the key to success? Key to success. Um, man, I, I truly believe it's a it's a relationship with Christ. Um, he will like that's where our identity is found. That's where he'll take us, you know, and whatever like kind of job we're in we're always you know able to be vessels we're able to be obedient um, we're able to labor those fields and like to do his will and the success from him will come and that's what will last is that eternal everlasting life that we are hoping to receive you know and um yeah man it's it's that and just i think loving unconditionally like that's the other part is loving everyone unconditionally as we're called to Stuff, especially our like our enemies or those who have done us wrong. Um, loving through disrespect, which random plug here, unaffiliated, not a sponsor, but a great read. I wish I would have read it when I was single. It's called Love and Respect. Check that out. It will teach us. It taught me. There are times when you read it and and you're like, oh yeah, you know, she does this or that, but ninety nine percent of it is more like, oh, this is what I do. 
It's written by a guy and his wife. He's a pastor. They've been marriage counselors. They've been married for over 50 years. And it's based on scripture, but it talks about Ephesians 5 where, you know, husbands are called to love your wives as Christ loves the church. It's an agape, which is the Greek word, agape, like an unconditional love. And wives are called to respect your husbands. What happens is women, maybe we act in a way that seems unloving and they then act in a way that feels, or that acts and seems disrespectful to us. Women come and operate off a place of love and men operate off of respect. So when we feel disrespected, it's hard for us to love through that. And when they feel unloved, they often act in a way that seems disrespectful. But that translates into relationships with friends, with guys, with other people. Like, And I think back on my life, how cold I get when I feel disrespected or how quick I am to cut people out and how many potential bridges I've burned or how many things that I could have handled better if I would have just loved unconditionally and had trust that it's all going to work out. Oh, this fell through. Great. Thank you, God. Oh, this person left my life. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Like similar situation, you know, what you're talking about. That's a blessing. Right. You know what I mean? Every time I've gotten my teeth kicked in, blessing, bro. Uh, and just loving unconditionally. Like that is something that will carry us through life and that like it's tough to do. But I think one of the other keys to success, and it's tough for men because we don't really operate from that place, you know? Yeah. Right. Get frustrated too often, dude. Yeah. Bro, it's relax a little bit. It's, <laughs> it's not easy. Well, Jackson Mickey, man. Yeah, I appreciate it again, man. It's good seeing you coming back to Nashville too, man. Yeah, we'll have to hang out and go get some lunch or something sometime soon. So. Hey, we'll go to Frothy Monkey. Yeah, I know. It's a stable. We'll get some. I uh, I go up to Mount Juliet through Thursday mornings. If you ever want to get in early morning, a cup of coffee, bro. I'm down. Yeah. Are, you, are you back in Nashville? Uh, we'll uh, we'll say we'll leave that. TBD. We're, yeah, we're gonna probably come out next week with uh, some big news. So, yeah. Nice. Leave oh, you on a yes. little cliff cliffhanger. There you there go. Right. I love you cool. both, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, appreciate you, man.